Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready? Hello. Elsie, if you can hear me, I cannot hear you. on the way going to be really big we also have a pretty big boxing match between Mikey Garcia and Adrian Broner now we seem to be he said he couldn't hear my mic everything seems to be going Uh, But first, let's get to the particulars. You're listening to the Ultimate Fight Show. The number is 1657-383-1412. Brad, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Uh, Yes, I can. We seem to have fixed whatever problem it was. I was just about to uh, get to the particulars. If you want to tell them where they can find us on social media, we'll get right started. Yeah, sure. Uh, if, if you can hear us, you can find us. It's at Ultimate Fight Show on Facebook, also on Twitter at The Ult Fight Show. You can follow us on Instagram at The Ultimate Fight Show. And, of course, right here at Blog Talk Radio at The Ultimate Fight Show. And please, if you love the show, if you want to hear more, if you want to hear the best of MMA and boxing, go to iTunes, search The Ultimate Fight Show, subscribe, and you will get the latest and greatest episodes as they are released direct to your Apple device. 
All right. I mean, this is the first show we've had in a month. We've been on vacation. A lot of things have happened. Uh, I'm going to be a father for the first time. Congratulations. Yeah, kind of excited about that. Also a little scared of my wife because she's starting to have mood swings already. <laughs> um, I, I I got nothing, man. Just 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 yeah. just hang on, and it'll be great. No, I just I, I'm very happy for you guys. I, I offer you nothing but the best, and um, you know, if you need anything, if you need any words of advice, I can get you in touch with Mrs. Bragg, and I'm sure she could give you a hell of a lot better advice than I can. Yeah, we'll see. I I feel I feel like uh. I'm old enough where if I'm not prepared now, I never will be. But you aren't. You, you you're never prepared. That's one thing I tell people. A lot of people want to say, "Oh, we want to wait till we have this far into our careers, or we want to have this much money saved, or we want to wait till this age or that age." It doesn't matter. You're never going to be prepared. You are never. You know, even in this nine to ten months that she will be pregnant and you're waiting to baby, when that moment comes. You'll, you'll still, you won't be prepared. It's just one of those things, but just enjoy the ride. Uh, you know, just be there for her. You know, just, just do everything as a man you're supposed to do. I know you will. And just enjoy, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the little Bino. Yeah, she, uh, she knitted a pair of boxing gloves for me, and that's how she told me. So it was kind of. Kind of funny. We got we got a future champion in in the womb. <laughs> All right, let's let's let, 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 let's talk about this uh, fiasco. That's the Mayweather McGregor tour. We were on vacation, all four stops: London, L.A., New York, and Vegas. Bragg, this thing's going to be huge. I'm not sure it's going to be worth the hundred dollar price tag, but I think a lot of the casual fan, the MMA fan, the WWE fan are going to watch this. I don't think you're going to see a lot of boxing purists or fans purchasing this fight. But nonetheless, Bragg, what was your take from the from the tour? Because as far as I was concerned, McGregor kind of showed Mayweather that he's not quite in the same league as him as a shit talker. Yeah, it, it was it was a spectacle. It's what we thought it would be. You know, we we said it was going to have a pro wrestling feel to the build of this, uh, and and we talked about it before. We said, you know, that's anybody with any aptitude toward boxing or for, toward the fight game understands that the fight itself should not be competitive. That the entertainment factor is going to come from the build here, from the chit talking from the press conferences, from these face-offs they have. And it, 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 was as, it was as advertised. Conor McGregor stepped up his game. And, yeah, I guess you could say he won this round as far as the, the talking goes. But I will say this. I loved what Floyd Mayweather was doing. He, he's letting – for the first time in probably forever, Floyd Mayweather doesn't have to sell this fight. He doesn't have to be out there talking to talk, and he doesn't have to go out there and be Money Mayweather. Conor McGregor is doing it all for him. So for, for the first time, this could be the easiest payday he ever gets because he has to sit back 
and he can really enjoy the show. And you can tell he's he's enjoying himself. It was pretty poignant a lot of times when Mayweather did speak or he did trash talk. It was very good stuff. But tell me something. Did we not know? Dana White said all all this time he wasn't going to be involved in the promotion. He was going to stay away from it. It was all um, Showtime and Mayweather Promotions deal. Who's smiling shit? shit-eating grin mug was behind every fucking face-off. It was Dana White. Um, it's just just ridiculous. I mean, it, it really had a, you know, like I said, it was a pro wrestling feel. It took you back to the days of, you know, Don King. Uh, and for that, it was exciting. For, for that, it was an interesting, something you haven't seen in a long, long time from the sport of boxing. But and, and they're having people talk. I mean, they're, they're getting people to talk about the fight. People are going to buy the fight. More people that I can count that don't watch boxing generally have said, yeah, we're getting together. You know, we're going to find a pay-per-view or, yeah, I'm going to drop $100 for this. They're doing their job. And they're doing it very well. Yeah, it's uh... – it's one of those things for me. We talked about it a few months ago when this thing was percolating and it wasn't even official that I'm going to save my money. I'll stream it. And because the real fight is three weeks later between triple G and Canelo, and that's going to be a hundred dollars. And I would much rather not only pay to see what might be the best fight of the last 20 years, but it's also a, a real boxing fight with two real champions. Conor McGregor is a great MMA fighter, a two-time current world champion, but he's a novice in the ring. And I don't care if you bring in Paulie Malinaji or you bring in King Kong. Floyd Mayweather, when that bell rings, he's going to tax that ass. Now, I don't know if McGregor will land a punch. I, I think he will. I don't think it's going to be as much of a shutout as Max Kellerman thinks. But I think it's going to be somewhere in between what Max Kellerman said and what Andre Ward said. Ward said that Mayweather would take three or four rounds to shake off the rust because he's a rhythm type. You know, he'll get into a rhythm and then pick him apart in rounds five, six, and seven and knock him out. Kellerman thinks the fight's going to end in one or two rounds. Um, I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I think Floyd, Floyd will probably get rid of him in five um, but McGregor's going to really be feeling it. I think his only chance is in the first round. I think after the first round, the pace, once he sees the accuracy, once he realizes that he's not the faster man, even though he's 13 years younger, it's going to, he's going to start to get frustrated very quickly. Bragg. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think, McGregor's best shot is very early on, um, as my weather starts to get get into his rhythm. It, it, it as much as I'd like to say, yeah, McGregor's got a chance to try to sell this fight and to try to hype myself up and more for this fight. I, I I can't do it, man. I really can't do it. It's Floyd Mayweather is going to beat Conor McGregor hands down. There's there's no doubt about it. Um. It, does McGregor have a fighting, a puncher's chance, a fighter's chance? 
absolutely. I, you or I have that chance, but it ain't going to happen. It sure as hell ain't going to happen with one of us, and it ain't going to happen with Conor McGregor either. The the fact of the matter is Floyd Mayweather is the best pound-for-pound pound fighter of this generation. One of, Maybe. if not the best. Pound for, and that, and yeah. you can make an argument that he is ever. Uh, Conor McGregor, to, to me, he's not the best. He's not even the best MMA boxer uh, that's active right now. So he is one of the best. He's a good MMA boxer, and we talked about it on a previous show. The nuances of MMA boxing compared to orthodox boxing or classic boxing style, uh, with footwork and angles and such, but. Conor McGregor is doing what he has to do. He's talking up the game. He's making people believe that he's got a shot. And, you know, once that bell rings on August 26th, um, you know, the laughing and the joking and the shit talking is going to be over. Now, I will ask you this, Elsie. Do you think any time at all, I've heard some pundits say that uh, they think that May, May, McGregor may be in Mayweather's head. Do you think that is the case? Do you think Mayweather's uh, game plan or his mindset has been altered at all after that press tour? Not at all. I think it was a show. I think that Floyd's done this so many times on such a grand sca- sca- stage that this was the first time McGregor's ever really been a part of a huge fight with the exception of maybe – the, the Nate Diaz two fights and those don't even compare to a Mayweather event I think that McGregor I think the only thing that Floyd recognizes there's an old saying game recognizes game or a fisherman can always spot another fisherman from across the water I think Mayweather knows that he's looking in a mirror in the sense that McGregor's going to bring it this dude's ultra confident and this dude also knows how the game's played and wants to make money at the end of the day. I, I heard a rumor that they were on the same jet together having lunch before the London tour. Um, you kind of saw McGregor grab Mayweather's bald head and kind of shake it, and Mayweather was laughing. If that was a real boxer in a real fight, could you imagine if, if Manny Pacquiao would have grabbed Mayweather's face or head? Mayweather would have punched him in the jaw. These guys are friends, I think, in some way, like business relationship. They understand how the game's played and that this could possibly make them the most – like like wealth. They're going to be wealthy. They said that Mayweather, with good numbers, could become a billionaire after this fight. So well, do I think – They're speaking the same language, and that is yeah, and I, the dollars – <laughs> exactly. It, and you also said it, you know, they're do, this is the first time Mayweather's got to sit back, not really have to carry the card. He knows he's going to get fans that he never would have gotten just to see what is arguably going to be a sparring session to him. Um, I just don't think that McGregor, I think once the bell rings, you're going to see a switch in Mayweather that McGregor hasn't seen yet. And it's going to become – listen, dude, Canelo Alvarez, who was 23 years old and had 35 fights under his belt or 40 fights, 
in his prime, six years younger, who's been training boxing since he was 16 when he turned pro, couldn't land a punch on this guy and got beat 12 rounds to zero and grew frustrated in the second half of the fight. And that's the thing. McGregor's never thrown with 10-ounce gloves in a real fight. You can spar all you want, but you're not, you're not in the real thing. And you're getting hit back for real by someone who, like we said, may be the best that's ever done it. I think if McGregor bum rushes him, he's going to get dropped with a counter that he doesn't see. I think if he's real tactical, the fight could go on for a little while. To me, that's his best play. I think that the, the MMA people in the community think that he's going to bum rush Mayweather. And if he does that, Connor gets knocked out in one or two rounds. I think his best chance is to fight professional, kind of ease his way into it, see what Mayweather has, and then try to time him up like he did Jose, only he's not going to have the same effect because of the shoulder roll and because of the bigger gloves. I, I think that's his best chance, and I still think that that's a 5% chance. Make no mistake, Bragg, if Conor McGregor beats Floyd Mayweather, not only will Vegas lose billions, they said, more bets have been placed on this fight than the Super Bowl. And they're all, the majority are on McGregor. So they would get killed, and this would be the biggest upset in the history of sports. That's, and that, that's saying a lot, but... And we talked about it, too, the impact it would have on boxing itself. We, you and I both believe boxing is in the, in the midst of a resurgence, especially in the heavyweight division. And we all know when there's a great heavyweight division, boxing flourishes. If McGregor were to beat Floyd Mayweather on August 26th, that would – I don't want to say it would kill the sport, but it would really hurt it, possibly cripple it for years to come because – I think Mayweather would kill himself. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Dude. The ridicule, the shame that he would feel that somebody who never stepped into the, a, a boxing ring, let alone a title fight against the best fighter ever. I mean, TBE, dude, he's been chanting that mantra for 20 years. And to get beat by, it would be, Mayweather wouldn't be able to go outside. He would get heckled till the end of time. He would definitely have to move from Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, dude, it would – because think about this. Okay, the biggest upset in the history of boxing is Buster Douglas at 42-1 to 1, knocking out Mike Tyson. But even that, people didn't – weren't like, oh, my God, you know, it was a huge upset. But when you know the story of Tyson, the fact that he was banging Japanese women five – Fought, like one after the other, like they were M&Ms, didn't train, was looking past Douglas to Holyfield. His corner didn't have a cold compress, and he still almost knocked Douglas out in the eighth round with that uppercut. It, and Douglas was a 240-pound heavyweight in the best shape of his life, and his mom just died and said win on, his de- on her deathbed for dying wish. All those things come together, and you get the biggest upset ever. None of that is true in this fight. Mayweather, if he lost to McGregor, the only thing that he could say is that McGregor's a world champion in MMA. That's the only thing that he can say. He would get heckled till the end of time. Yeah, it would, it would be very – it would be devastating for Mayweather and for the sport of boxing. I don't think we're going to have to worry about it. Uh, if if no. it does, I, I just – 
I, I don't I, I don't know. I can't I can't even fathom that thought right now. But regardless, they're talking people into the building. They're talking people into pay per views, and they're talking people into the gambling houses to put money on this fight. They're doing their job. Conor McGregor is stepped up his game even more than he usually does. These guys are really doing I don't everything think they, break. they do to sell this fight. I don't think they break four million. That's a huge number. I I, I don't know. Four million is a huge number. Um, that would make it Four million would make it the second biggest fight ever in pay-per-view history. I'm not even sure they do Delahoya Mayweather numbers, which was 2.6 million at 100 a pop. The only reason I'd say it's not going to happen is because there are just so many other ways to watch, to watch these it. events yeah. now, whether it be illegally online, whether it be at. Um, you know, at, at your local Hooters or Buffalo Wild Wings or or mm. people, you know, having 10 or 12 people over. To, so that's that's a single pay-per-view buy. You know, whereas instead of having 10 pay-per-view buys, you're having one. You know, everybody throws in $10 or $20 for a bag of chips and some wings, and there you go. There's just so many other ways to watch a fight. I don't know if you'll ever see 4 million buys. Or a I mean, May- Mayweather Pacquiao did 4.6 at 100 a pop. So I just don't think that this is going to be – I'm going to go – I'm going to say 3 million, and I think that's being really generous. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say maybe three and a quarter, three and a half at the very, very, very most. But I, I'm with you. I'm looking at probably um, – you know, give her over under, I'd say three. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the fights that really matter and talk a little bit of sweet science here at the ultimate fight show. show Brag, we got three fights that we're going to cover here and uh i think one of them's could be a fight of the year potential with with with, with the one we're going to talk about at the top but let's start with zoe shimming the, the the chinese champion prodigy against shao kimura i think we both agree that zao shimming is going to win this fight going away yeah, I, I don't think there's any question there. It should be an interesting fight early on, but uh, Shibbing's going to pull away and uh, win the fight. Probably a late stoppage, but I'm saying it's probably going to be a UD. I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I, you know, for being a former boxer, amateur, stuff like that, I'm real curious. I want to know what it's like to be hit by a 115-pound man. <laughs> I, I really – I'm serious with gloves on because – these dudes throw leather in the ring, and there's very few knockdowns, and it's got to show you. It's almost like fighting a teenage boy. Like, I, I don't understand. I just want to know what it would feel like with gloves on to be hit by a world champion that weighs 115 pounds. 
even on the arm, just to see. Uh, I'm sure it would have a little bit of impact. Now, would it put somebody, um, you know, of, of our size down? I, I have no clue, but um, I'm sure it would sting a little. I mean, those guys are tough. I mean, they're, they are some. I, I know they're I tough, but they're hard I, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I, I mean, with with my with my training and weighing a hundred pounds more than him, I think if I landed a punch on his jaw, he's going to sleep. I, I tell you what, I'd be might might be willing to do this weekend. Um, now, now I tell you, my no, you know what? No, my son's well over 150 pounds at this point. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna think. I'm not gonna take. He's about 165 at this point. It might be a little too embarrassing for old dad. Yeah, you don't want to get dropped by your kid. <laughs> yeah, and then if I then if I react and uh, retaliate, um, the wife will not, won't be happy, and it just it it could prove yeah, to be a big mess. So, um, it's a recipe for disaster. All right, let's move on. Jamel Charlo. <laughs> Jorge Sebastian, 160 title eliminator. I think we both like Charlo in this one. I like him by UD. Yeah, I think it goes the distance also. And I think he, uh, uh, sort of like shimming, I think he wins it going away. All right, let's have Buffer bring, it, bring us in. Let's get ready to rumble! All right, we got the main event, folks. It's Mikey Garcia against Adrian DeProblem Broner, 140-pound. I'm not sure if this is a title fight or an eliminator, but they're, they're marketing it as a 12-round championship fight. So I'm sure there's some alphabet soup title on the line. Mikey Garcia, 36-0, 30 knockouts. One of the best pound-for-pound fighters. He was one of the – if you remember, because we, we've been doing this show for five years now, if you remember – that Mikey Garcia was one of those guys who was just about to crack our pound-for-pound top ten list. He worked so hard, and then he had the promotion issues and didn't fight for two and a half years and kind of fell out. But make no mistake, this is a world-class fighter, and he's trained by his brother, who's one of the best trainers in the world. Um, But again, he's only had two fights in the last three years, but he won both of them by knockout, and... I mean, he's going to be, even at 29 and even with the layoff, this is a guy who's extremely dangerous in the ring. Broner, 33-2 and two with 24 knockouts. He's, you know, had the loss to Sean Porter on points. He also had the, uh, the loss to, um, what's his face, uh, Maidana. So, you know, he's just one of those guys that, you're not sure which guy's going to show up, the clown or the fighter. Bragg, how do you see this one playing out on Saturday night? Yeah, I, I really – I'm on the fence on this fight because these are both two world-class fighters. As you said, both of these guys, um, you know, are usually in the pound-for-pound pound discussion. <sighs> you know, my – my mind really wants me to pick Mickey Garcia to win this fight. I, I, I like him a lot, but Adrian Broner, he's been a little more active. Uh, he, he's got power. He, he just, I don't know, man, this, this is a tough decision. <laughs> As you said, this could be a really could be one of the fights of the year. 
it's going to be a fight that I think it's going to go distance. I don't think anybody gets stopped here. That really favors Garcia here. Um, I don't think it's going to be a reason thin decision, but I'm going to go with Mikey Garcia to win this fight. Yeah, I, I've just this is a fight that I've had circled for a while on the calendar, and I'm I agree with your pick, but I think it's going to be a much easier fight. I think Mikey Garcia stops Adrian Broner in the ninth. I think we'll see Broner go down a couple times. I think the first half of the fight will be fight of the year material. Broner's slick. He's got he's crafty. I just think that Mikey Garcia's heart and his power are going to be too much for Broner, and uh, I think he gets him out of there late. Yeah, regardless of how it goes, I, I think it's going to be a really good fight. Definitely a fight um, that'll be better than Mayweather and McGregor. Um, oh, yeah. One that you really should tune into. It's going to be a busy Saturday night, but uh, this is definitely a fight to look up if, if you're a fight fan. Um, either way, uh, you got two one of the best fighters in the world uh, coming out victorious. Dude, could you imagine – like we're sitting, we, we already talked about it. I don't want to go into detail, but could you just imagine if we're all wrong and all the pundits, not that McGregor upsets Mayweather, but that the fight is like Ward Gotti won. <laughs> could you imagine Man. Mayweather and McGregor in like a Kumite freaking blood sport type fight where both fighters get dropped, both fighters get up and Mayweather wins a decision. That that could really, if that happens, uh, then for one it legitimizes, I guess Conor McGregor if he needs legitimizing as a boxer. But you know what would that say about Mayweather if he gets if he gets uh, shocked and knocked out early on by Mayweather by McGregor? Um, you know it happens. Fighters get called all the time. Chins go, but. If he and loses a battle, and he's sporty, uh, but if he loses a battle, if he loses a war, or even has a hard time putting away McGregor and barely squeaks a decision out, um, what does that say? I mean, is, is that something well, that? Yeah, but what about but what about the critics that say that Mayweather runs and Mayweather's never that he's not tough, blah blah blah. If he went toe to toe with a two-time world champion in UFC, which is supposed to be, or at least they claim is the toughest sport or the best fighters. I, could could it be the other way? Because, you know, he still wins, but at the same time, he also got showed that he's tough as nails. Well, keep in mind, I, and, I, and I agree with you, and we, we, we both know, we both well know how tough and good Floyd Mayweather is, but I... Let's just let's just sit, let it play out and see what happens at that point. Um, All right. I, I, I would I would I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't dare guess. It, you know, if if it were a war like that, if it were a back and forth brawl, that um that would be uh that would be definitely a spectacle, and it would really make some people uh who decided not to buy the fight. Or, you know, who say, oh, I'll watch it later, or there's no way McGregor's going to have a chance. It would definitely raise some eyebrows. 
All right, let's go to UFC 214 in Anaheim. This card's stacked. Let's just get right into it. We got uh, Renato Canero undefeated against Brian Ortega, who's also undefeated. They're both 11-0. Featherweight's on the rise. Bragg, I like Ortega to win this one by decision. Who do you got? Uh, I hate to agree with you so easily, but I do too. I I like Ortega to win. All right. Renan Barrao against uh, Ajamain Sterling. It's a catchweight fight. Ah, I mean, you, you would think that Barrao would be the no-brainer pick here, but I'm just not really sure on this one. I'm, I'm going to let you go first. Who do you like? At one point, Barrao was considered one of the top pound fighters in the world. Uh, he, he's, he's fallen off. He's had some injury issues, and he's a guy that, Really never reached his. I believe this is a this being a, a catch weight fight. I, I agree with you. My, my first instinct is to say Burrell's going to win that fight, but um, I, I I'm still going Burrell. I think he wins the fight by decision. Um, I, I just I'm just not completely sold on um, Aljamain Sterling, uh, tough fighter. He's ranked number seventh right now in the USC bantamweight rankings, but I think Burrell is, is set for a little bit of a comeback run here. I'll take him by unanimous decision. I'm going to go with Sterling by split. All right, let's go with uh, Ricardo Lamas, Jason Knight, featherweight fight. I like Lamas to win this one by knockout. Bragg, who you got? Yeah, I like Lamas to win also. Probably be in the uh, second round. I think he stops him. All right, light heavyweight, main card, uh, Jim Amanoa against Vulcan, Azademer. Tough fight, heavy-handed dudes throwing leather. I'm going to go with Manoa in the first round by knockout. I agree. This is a, uh, set up to be a showcase for Jimmy Manoa. I think he gets the job done early. I think he's going to win this fight as well. All right, now the four. This is what I call the, the creme de la creme of the card. All four of these fights are – three of them are title fights – and one of them could be. You got uh, Robbie Lawler, former champion against Donald Cowboy Cerrone. It was scheduled two months ago. Injuries and sickness had to cancel it. We weren't sure if it was ever going to happen, and now it is. Bragg, just action-throwing stand-up at its finest. I- I'm going to go – I think – I just think Robbie's too big. I got Lawler by knockout in the second round. I love Cowboy Cerrone. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. You guys heard me talk about him all the time. Just, just I love his attitude. I love everything about him. But Robbie Lawler is just so damn tough. Cerrone has shown some uh, vulnerability to a big punch and to leg kicks as well. I'm not so not the leg kicks, but to uh, body kicks. And I think Robbie Lawler is superior in that aspect. I think he wins this. Fight two, I think it, it goes to the third round, actually. I think he wears down Cerrone, and finally the referee steps in and stops the fight. Uh, I hate to say it, but I think Robbie Lawler wins. Yeah, I mean, the only chance I see for Cowboy is the fact that Lawler's last fight, he got knocked out in the first round by Woodley. If he could just bum rush him and kind of land a clean one-two, he might have a shot because they say it's easier every time you get knocked out but I just don't think that Cerrone has the power that Lawler's used to getting hit with. 
No, he, he doesn't. Cerrone got good power for his size, and when he was a lightweight, um, it was very good power for that division. But as a welterweight, uh, Donald Cerrone's power doesn't match up at all to Tyrone Woodley's, who just who we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, and I don't think it matches up with Robbie Lawler either. Uh, should be a good fight, but like I said, I, I just think Lawler's going to be too much for him. Uh, wears about and gets him out of there in the third round. All right, let's move to the uh, women's featherweight title fight, the crowning of Chris Cyborg, as we should call it. She's taking on Tanya Evinger. Uh, Ramadi, who's the champion who beat Holly Holm, decided to vacate her title and move back down to her 135 weight. I don't blame her. Cyborg's a monster. We've known this for 10 years. Bragg, I think Cyborg stops her in the first round. Yeah, this is this is uh, Tanya Avenger. Uh, God be with you. This is going to be a murder, death, kill situation here for uh, Cyborg. Uh, she gets the job done. She showcases. I just hope, for Cyborg's sake and for the UFC's sake, that there's no controversy uh, medical-wise once this fight's over with. I, I just, I just really, really hope that. Everything comes back great, and uh, Miss, Miss, Miss Cyborg can go on and have a nice little run in the UFC that she deserves. All right, let's get to the co-main event, another title fight. Tyrone Woodley looking to defend his title for the, I believe this is the third time now, and against Damian Maya, a guy who's been looking for this title fight at welterweight since he moved from middleweight after losing a title fight to Anderson Silva. We, he, I think when he first got in there, he thought it was going to be against GSP. It's against Tyrone Woodley because of him retiring, but this is Maya's only chance. This is it for, for Damon, Damian. I think uh, the best, best jiu-jitsu practitioner in the UFC against a huge welterweight with explosive power in both hands closes the distance better than anybody and has a pretty good wrestling base as well. Although I don't know if you want to go to the ground with Maya. So this could very easily turn into a stand-up fight, which I think favors the champion, especially after the last outing for Maya, which I thought he was lucky to get away with the W Bragg. I feel like if it goes to the ground, Maya wins, but I think Woodley gets him out of there in two rounds. That That is the easy thing to say, but I'm smelling an upset here. I'm, Damian Maya has been on the verge for a long, long time. Uh, didn't get it done against Anderson Silva at middleweight. Come down to welterweight. He's been waiting for a long time for a title shot. Finally gets it here. May not have been expecting Woodley to have the title at this point, but Damian Maya is such a great jiu-jitsu fighter. He can get you down, and he can basically cover you like a blanket and wrap you up like there's nobody's business. I don't know if Tyron Woodley has been able to train or has ever fought anybody with the skill level of Damian Maya. He's going to do enough to keep him at bay. He's going to get Tyron Woodley down. It ain't going to be pretty, but I think he rides and wears him down, rides him out, and he could either he gets a submission in the fourth round. I think Damian Maya wins the UFC welterweight title on Saturday night with a fourth round wow. submission. 
Wow. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at his last fight. Okay, so he's only he hasn't lost a fight since May 31st of 2014, or I mean, of February 22nd, which is my wife's birthday of 2014. He lost to Rory McDonald by decision. Before that, he lost a split decision to Jake Shields. Since then, he's beaten Alexander uh, Yakovalev, Ryan LaFleur, Neil Magny, Gunnar Nelson, Matt Brown, Carlos Condon, and Jorge Masvidal by split decision. He's also lost a decision to Chris Weidman in 2012, and he beat Dung Young Kim and Rick Story and John Fitch. So, you know, he's got, he's got the resume, and again, if it goes to the ground, he can submit anyone. Let's look at Woodley's ascension to the title and, and see where he's at. Now, Woodley hasn't lost – he also lost to Jake Shields, and he lost to Rory McDonald. So both of these guys have lost to the same people. They both beat Condit. They both beat Kim. And then Woodley's beating Gaslam, Lawler, and then two tough fights against Wonderboy, who easily could be a champion if Woodley wouldn't have beat him. So I just think that – I, I just didn't like the way that Maya looked in his last fight. And, and I think that I'm, I agree with you. I, I, I do smell an upset, but I'm, I'm going to stay with Woodley. And, you know, the fact that you picked Maya, one of us is going to be right. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's get to the main event. This is the moment UFC fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! It's the rematch. It's John Bones Jones coming back like Ali to get his title that he never lost in the ring against Daniel Cormier, the only man, the only loss of his career was to John Jones by decision. Make no mistake about it. These are the two best light heavyweights that have ever lived. And you could make a case that the winner of this fight, if it's John Jones, is the best fighter that's ever lived. Um, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you dissect this one first, and then I and then I'll come in with my pick because I'm still fifty-fifty as of right now. Yeah, I. I, I'm not a fan of John Jones. I, I think I think we've talked about this before. As, as a fighter, I have the best, most, uh, most respect for the guy. Uh, he's a, he's ultimately he's he's one of the most talented fighters I've ever seen. But as a man, just his attitude, the things that he, the extracurricular activities he's been involved in. I mean, I, I'm pleasantly surprised this fight hasn't he hasn't done something to have this fight canceled by now. And we're we still got about forty eight hours left, so who knows? But in all seriousness, these guys hate each other. They're, there's not gonna. This isn't a a feud just for show. This isn't a Mayweather McGregor uh, shit talking battle. That's gonna be a, more like an exhibition. Daniel Cormier cannot stand John Jones, and John Jones cannot stand Daniel Cormier. These two guys. This is a rematch. Uh, these two guys were scheduled to fight, I believe, twice before here, before this time as well. It's it's going to be a absolute war between these guys. Daniel Cormier is a superior wrestler. He's a world-class wrestler. His chances to get this fight on the ground, much like Damian Maya, the earlier fight, 
Cormier is going to want to get this fight to the ground, and he's going to want to out-wrestle John Jones, possibly get him in a position to submit him. John Jones is so long. He's, he's so unorthodox with his, uh, with his striking. He, I'd be interested to see what new wrinkles he brings to the game. We haven't seen him really fight since, what was it, since, uh, was it May of last year, March of last year? Over the same Yeah. Um, now, coming back from a suspension then, he didn't look the best. He did not look great. But this is also a different fight. This is also a different fighter for John Jones. Daniel Cormier is going to bring the best out of John Jones. And as much as I hate to say it, I like John Jones to win this fight. I think he uses his length, uses his orthodox. Uh, striking. I think he keeps Daniel Cormier at bay. And does he put him away? I'm not sure if he is. Can. I don't think Daniel Cormier is going to let that happen, but I think John Jones does enough. I think he wins the unanimous decision victory and these guys are going to still hate each other at the end of the night. <laughs> All right. I just want to throw some numbers because, you, you know, men lie, women lie, but the numbers don't. And, uh, John Jones is 10-0 in championship fights. Cormier is 5-1 with that only loss being to John Jones. And Daniel Cormier is 9-0 in the UFC with that only loss to John Jones. So this is his nemesis. John, John Jones is the Ali to Daniel Cormier's Frazier. And if you recall, they didn't like each other too much either. So, the question is, though, who's telling the truth? Is, is John Jones to be believed that he's never taken a performance-enhancing drug and that the only thing that he's guilty of is smoking pot and doing a little blow and maybe taking a diuretic so that he can cut weight? Maybe he was supposed to be a heavyweight earlier. Or is Daniel Cormier to be believed that he thinks this dude's dirty, which is why No one else has touched him except for this dude. And the thing that lends a little credence to that is not only the fact that Cormier thinks that, but Alexander Gustafson has also said that he thought that John Jones was on something during their war. And you saw how easily Cormier beat Gustafson. The other thing that may support this as well is the fact that Ovin St. Prue made John Jones look mortal and he was lucky to get that W under the new VAD of blood testing. So maybe John Jones might have been dirty before, and then under the new blood testing, he's not now. And that's what he looks like. The other thing that we got to – you pointed out a little bit about how long John is. He's the longest dude in the UFC except for Steven Strew. John Jones has a wingspan of 84 and a half inches. Cormier's is 71. You're giving someone 13 and a half inches – on their jab. Obviously, DC knows that he's got to get inside of Jones's body to do his work anyway, so I don't know if that will be a problem like it was in the first fight. I also think that Daniel Cormier is more confident this time, being the champion, having defended the belt three times, having fought five, six times in three years, whereas John Jones has fought twice in three years, And John Jones hasn't knocked anyone out since 2013 
uh, or stopped anyone since Shale Sonnen, for God's sake. So a lot of the stuff that Cormier's saying is true. Is John a cheater? Is he a shady character? And he doesn't stop anyone. Or is that going to be like the gasoline on the fire and John Jones is going to go out there and paint a masterpiece with Daniel Cormier's face? The only thing, I, I, I'm glad, I, I know the smart pick here is Jones, but I don't know what it is. I've been on D.C. this whole time, and I'm going there. Even Frazier got one against Ali. I think Daniel Cormier finds a way, and he wins. And I don't know if he's going to stop. I don't think he'll stop him. I think Daniel Cormier wins a split decision on Saturday night. And make no mistake about it. I'm rooting for Daniel Cormier. I want Daniel Cormier to stop John Jones. I want him to beat him. I want. I don't need to see John Jones fight ever again. I just don't. Um, I. But my gut is just telling me John Jones is going to win this fight. And you, you talked about you talked about the length, the 84 inch uh, wingspan, and the 13 inches of, of advantage that he'll have over Daniel Cormier. Not only does John Jones jab so well and use those short elbows like jabs, but he uses the front kick. He uses those <laughs> legs as well, and I think that's that's a big difference. And a, a lot of people are hesitant to try to come inside on Jones after getting kicked in the leg, kicked in the thigh. I think can both guys. I don't know if there's ever been a fight where both guys have so much to prove. John Jones really wants to come back, prove everybody that he is a champion, that he never should have been the belt should have never been stripped from him, and that he's still the man. Daniel Cormier has to beat John Jones to cement his legacy, and to really, I don't want to say to make his career a success, but for Daniel Cormier. He has to beat John Jones. That's the monkey on the back. That is the mountain he has to climb. And as much as I want him to do it, I have a hard time picking against a fresh John Jones. Um, I love DC, and I'm going to be rooting for him. But I think John Jones gets it done. Yeah, like I said, I. Again, John Jones, best fighter I think I've ever seen in MMA. Most talented, still super young at 29. A lot left to prove. I just think it's possibly in the heavyweight division. And I'm still saying he could win on Saturday night. If he does, Daniel Cormier will finally be faced with the brick wall that is you are number two. You will never be number one. And you will never fight John Jones again. But if he wins, Bragg, Jones-Cormier 3 is the biggest fight in the history of MMA. Absolutely. Not even a question. Now, let me ask you a question. You mentioned the heavyweight division. If John Jones, win or lose, does he continue fighting a light heavyweight, or does he go up to the heavyweight division? I think that there's only one fight for John Jones left at light heavyweight if he wins this fight. And that's to give Gustafson a rematch. And I don't know if Gustafson, I mean, he looked really good against uh, Texera, stopping him, showing the footwork, the jab, the kicks. 
is that enough for him to get a title shot? I think it is only because of how close their first war was. I mean, you could make a case that that was the greatest light heavyweight fight of all time, even better than uh, Griffin and and uh, Bonner. Be, or wait, Griffin and I'm right, right? Yeah, Griffin and Dalton, a fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why. I think it's because we said Broner before. I, it just sounded funny <laughs> to me. But, yeah, Bonner against Griffin is considered the best light heavyweight fight. But because it wasn't a, a title fight, a re, you know, it was the championship of the ultimate fighter. But, you know, Jones Gustafson was the world championship. And that was, to me, the best light heavyweight fight of all time. Now, we might get the best light heavyweight fight of all time Saturday night in Anaheim. I think for John Jones... I think for Daniel Cormier to win, it's got to be that it's got to be his greatest performance. He's got to finally put it all together against his nemesis, against a guy who's just as confident as him. He's got to show that training with Rockhold and training with Kane and training in their gym is better than training in Albuquerque with David, with, with John, with John David Jackson and uh, Winklehorn. It, it, this is it. This is, this is hands down. It, if, it, as, as a matter of fact, I'll go out on a limb and say that if John Jones wins, Daniel Cormier retires. He's thirty-nine. That, he's going to be thirty. He's going to be thirty-nine. He's great in the booth, and he's already done anything. Unless he's going to move up to heavyweight to try to make a run at Stipe. Now that Kane's not the champion, he's done. Yeah, that would be a very interesting scenario. I I, I thought about that too. You know the. If one of those guys lose, if either one of them lose, you know, is that going to be it? Is it a situation where Cormier realizes, like you said, he'll always be number two, and he moves on, maybe he moves up the heavyweight? Imagine that. Imagine a John Jones versus Stipe Miocic, uh heavyweight fight. Would that not be that insane? Would be, that, that, that would be really nice. I also think John Jones against Cain Velasquez, John jo- I mean – even Daniel Cormier against Stipe Miocic is an interesting fight because of Cormier. Think, you have to re- you got to remember Daniel Cormier might be, with the exception of maybe John Jones and George Saint Pierre, he's the greatest wrestler in the history of MMA. It, it, yeah, and he he can, he can compete at heavyweight. You remember this is a guy who won the heavyweight Grand Prix. Uh, he's never won. Like he's, he's 10-0 as a heavyweight. Yeah, yeah I mean, he beat some legit guys. Bigfoot Silva, he beat Josh Barnett. Uh, yeah, he definitely has some heavyweight credentials, and he's a guy who can make a run at heavyweight. It, it would be very interesting to see how that goes. But you, like you said, he is 39 years old. He's got some mileage underneath him, all those years of wrestling, and then, of course, the MMA career he's had. This, Greg, Greg, let me, uh, Greg, let me, let me ask you this. Let me make a statement, and then you tell me if you agree or disagree. If John Jones loses, he's it doesn't hurt him as much as it does Cormier. I agree. I agree. It cut, John Jones coming off of the the layoff, really two layoffs. I mean, he's had one yeah. fight, what two and a half years. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you know, coming off the layoff, um, I, I think yes, I, I I totally agree with you. I don't think it hurts John Jones as much because 
not only the Stormier, the champion, who's – what are the odds right now into this fight? Do you know offhand? It, it's uh, two uh, – John Jones is a minus 250, so two and a half to one. Okay, so it's not outrageous, so it wouldn't be really a huge upset, but Cormier wins. John Jones probably gets one more fight. He could win it, maybe against Steph, uh, maybe against Gustafson. But like you I, said, I, I would that say, third... I would say that I would say that statement by you is a hundred percent true. If if Jones loses, it's Jones Gustafson, and then the winner gets DC in a Jones DC three with the hope of that happening. If Cormier loses, he's done or it's either done. He's done at light heavyweight. There might be a heavyweight run in him, but I don't know. Now, I, and I agree with, I agree with both those sentiments. I think, I think a Cormier win sets up a third, hopefully a third fight between the two. I think uh, Jones wins since Cormier either to the booth permanently or to heavyweight. And I There's think if lot. Jones, there is a lot think, on the line. Saturday yeah, night. and I think now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to say it right here. You heard it first. Win or lose, I think John Jones fights Gustafson next. Yeah, I, I could see that. Outside of some weird controversy, Super fight, yeah, yeah, outside of some weird controversial decision or something funky happening with Daniel Cormier. And then not throwing the third fight out there at that point. Yeah, I agree with you. If John Jones stays at light heavyweight after he wins Saturday night, Gustafson's going to be the next challenger. All right, that's our show. We got about two minutes left. Um, you know, yeah, again, a lot of great insight. It's good to be back. Bragg, it's good to be back on the air with you after that month hiatus, but we needed it. And luckily for us, MMA and boxing took a little bit of a lull as well after the Ward fight. So, uh, anything you want to say before we get out of here? No, nah, man. Just hope everybody's staying staying cool during this summer. Once again, congratulations to you and your wife on your baby. Uh, really excited for you and looking forward to uh, you know watching that journey from afar here. Um, just really excited about this next month, two months um, in the fight game, starting off this weekend with this huge UFC pay per view. Of course, we'll give you all the latest on McGregor and Mayweather moving forward. Um, shameless plug here. Brag Out Loud's been on hiatus as well. New episodes will be out in August. So stay tuned to that. Go to Brag Out Loud, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, new episodes will be out in August. You heard it here first. All right. And I plan to be on uh, one of those episodes. So for yes, you will. Chris. <laughs> for Chris Bragg, I'm your host, LC, saying thanks for stopping by for the Ultimate Fight Show. Good night. Are you ready? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.